Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I am a podcast producer for WWJ News Radio 950. Scotty is a host over at Lockdown Tigers as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. And today we bring in Jack Bushman of Lockdown Blackhawks. Uh, we are going to preview that game and we are going to talk about the reverse retros that were revealed as of recording this today by the time you're listening to this tomorrow. Before we get to that, before I even ask Jack how he's doing, I got to tell you guys, Today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. Uh, Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Jack, I know you've been on the show a couple times previous to my tenure as host, so it's our first time talking to each other. How you doing, man? How's it? How's living life as a Blackhawks fan these days? Yeah, we finally got it. We didn't start the year 11 games or whatever it was last season without a victory. We picked it up in the third game this season, so baby steps. The vibes are good right now. Uh, but, yeah, nice to be on the show with you here, Brian. It's it's. Uh, I was getting sick of Nolan, so it was time to get him out of there, get a, get a friend. Did you yeah. see his take on Twitter today? Uh, no. I, oh, uh, was it the uh, those cream-colored Red Wings jerseys? Yeah. Was that the that you're talking about? Yeah. Right ratioed to oh. the ground oh dude and like he deserved it so like you know that was your own grave there brother day. i love nolan yeah. but that was it that was not the take that was tough get to he back he up up, a little bit in the comments <laughs> he set up a twitter world for a layup on that one so yeah he, he he's, he's, he's good at that he's good at that thong. um but yeah so we're gonna talk about the chicago blackhawks game detroit red wings game that's happening today by the time you're listening to this one of two the two teams are going to be playing this one's going to be at the united center uh, what, 7 o'clock Central time, so that'll be 8 o'clock Eastern. Before we get into that and expectations for both teams and what to expect from the game, we got to talk about the reverse retros. They were revealed today. Um, Red Wings' Twitter is on fire, um, for better and for worse. And I said it yesterday, Scotty, that it was going to be a controversial jersey. They went back to the barber poles, but that monkey paw curled. Everyone asked for it, but that mm -hmm. monkey paw curled, and they ended up being a red base with black stripes. Now, you and I, I know, are in agreement that we love this for multiple reasons we can get into. Um, but it's about a 70-30 split. I did a poll on Twitter. That's how I know these statistics. All right, up here. Uh, but I know, I'm ridiculous. But it was 30% liked it, 70% didn't like it. I knew it would be controversial. I thought it'd be closer than that. Now, the Chicago Blackhawks, Jack, I don't know if you want to explain what those look like and why this is where the biggest problem with the Red Wings ones uh, come in. Yeah, they're basically the exact same thing. It was like someone downloaded them on Canva and went and just like swiped it across and put Chicago over it. Like that's that looked like the effort that Adidas put into these. And Blackhawks fans, rightfully so, are not happy. Anytime, I mean, the Blackhawks and the Red Wings look like they're going to be wearing the same thing. You're going to have some angry people about that. So, yeah, I, I, I do not like that whatsoever. The barber poles, I'm not a fan of. And out of all the things they could go with, I know the Blackhawks logo is controversial, but they just put Chicago on it. I don't know. I'm I'm not a fan. Most folks are not. Um, and it was disappointing because I thought they had an opportunity to make these really cool. And a lot of other teams, I really liked theirs. And I saw, uh, uh, I, I wasn't sure who it was that ran it on Twitter. It might have been Jay Fresh on Twitter. Um, ran a poll. Oh, yeah. The Black, yeah, the Blackhawks and the Red Wings were 
31st and 32nd. And I wasn't surprised. Wow. I'm actually shocked by that. Cause I thought there were some other ones that are heavily uninspired and like the, the Carolina hurricanes one, the I Kingdom could not tell the bad. difference that and yeah. the Columbus blue jackets. I didn't like, I mean, there were several that I really liked, like I'm apparently in the minority, like but I really like the coyotes one. Yeah. Coyotes well, I, I mean, talking about ones that, that I thought were good. I mean, the, I thought the ducks nailed it. Like, I, I don't think there's, there's too much. Like that, that would have been a really hard one to screw up, just because like everyone knows what they want out of a Anaheim Ducks reverse retro. Like that's, it's kind of a layup, and and they, you know, they nailed it. I thought theirs was really good. Yeah, there's a couple that, that I was a big fan of, but yeah, ours are certainly the the epitome of uh, of controversy. I would say uh, the day of. Well, so yeah. the the question becomes: Do people not like the Chicago Blackhawks one because it's too similar to the Red Wings one, or are they just sick of this? like design because it's not the first time we've seen a design like this from the Blackhawks in terms of alternate jerseys yeah we saw this a few years ago and I didn't like it then I don't like it now I thought they had an opportunity to do some really cool stuff with the black jerseys which we haven't seen the Blackhawks wear in a while and uh, actually some of the uh, media folks for the Blackhawks sat down with Jamie Faulkner and Danny Wirtz, some of the executives for the Blackhawks. And uh, they mentioned that they probably will be bringing those black jerseys back at some point. So there was some good Jersey news that came out today. It just, it just wasn't these in my opinion, but yeah, there were, there were some ones I really liked. Uh, I really liked the Panthers. I thought those were pretty cool. Yeah. Those were sick. yeah I thought those were sick. I liked uh, the penguins. I thought was cool. Yep. Robo Capitals. Penguin. The Capitals, I thought, was cool too. Oh, the Bruins the bringing back the Bear. Yeah, I liked I mean, it. That, that's sick, like man. The uh, California Golden Sharks. That was good. So sick. Yeah. So nice. Also, so cool. Yeah. There were some good ones out there. So I was very was just, disappointed that we weren't. Yeah, that, that's the biggest thing is is comparing. Like, there's so many really cool ones, and like I, I am still, <laughs> I controversially a- am a fan of the uh, of the Red Wings ones. And I, I, I like the full kit. Like, I think that that looks a lot better than uh, maybe just the Jersey alone. Yeah, I like the black sure. stripe on the side there, but um, I don't know. Like I, I, I very much the, the undefendable part of it is the similarity to the Chicago Blackhawks. <laughs> like that's like, it, I, I think that's standing on its own. Like it's a lot better than people think. And I, I, I do like it, but I mean, undeniably it is, it is incredibly similar to the Blackhawks. And that's, that's, where my problems start and end with it. But um, I, I know that that certainly doesn't help an already controversial day. Well, and so that's where, like, my thoughts are on it. Like, in a vacuum, I think this, this looks sick. This looks so sharp as a jersey. I honestly really love it. Um, when you talk about it as a Red Wings jersey, I do get where people's criticisms are. I mean, people mostly wanted – I mean, they wanted the barbershop jerseys back, but they were hoping for – either just straight up, which they weren't going to get, the barbershop jerseys from the 75th anniversary back in 1991, or they were going to get, they were hoping for a reversal of that where it was a red base with white stripes or cream stripes. I agree. I think that would have looked a lot sharper and stayed true to the Red Wings color scheme. That would have been better. I agree with that. But I still like the red and black because you know why? They swung for the fences on something for once. The last reverse retro was so, they were so afraid to mess with the Red Wings uniform that they went with the blandest idea they possibly could. The and the Red Wings, it, it was the worst, worst, it was the worst jersey I've actually ever oh, yeah. seen. No, seriously. Yeah. It was like a practice jersey you'd find on clearance at like a sporting mm-hmm. goods section. 
Nolan it was really bad. An entire segment about what we would do with the jersey if we owned it, and I think I the winner that. was turning it into a paper mache volcano. I think that that was literally the winner. It was it's it's an abomination. Yeah. So I mean, I really like this because they they tried something new. They really swung for the fences on this, and it's not not everyone's cup of tea. But I dig it. I think the full kit looks awesome. Um, but the big the big thing that definitely makes it lose a lot of points is the fact that the Blackhawks one looks so similar. Like this already does look like kind of a Blackhawks jersey, just in essence. But the fact that they both have the black stripes going across the red base and the word mark across, I mean. The fact that the Red Wings secondary color is white and the Blackhawks jersey has more white in it than the Red Wings one does is a little like, come on, what are we doing? Um, but in a vacuum, I like it. It's just the fact that they they together are like the same jersey that really just really bugs me. Yeah, it, it was it just felt like they could have been more creative, undoubtedly Absolutely. in my mind. And I don't think any other I mean, jersey basis of other teams were that similar and then here comes Chicago and Detroit, you know, obviously not in the same uh, division or conference anymore, but longtime rivals, it wasn't going to sit right with people. Oh. So, yeah. No, absolutely. So I get, before I get to bet online, I got a question for you guys about these jerseys. We already kind of went over our favorites. By the way, the Montreal is powder blue. Those are sick yeah, um, as well. Do you have a least favorite one that stood out to you that you just absolutely didn't like? And you can't use your own jersey. You can't use your own teams. Out of the rest of the league, I, I mean, on it, I'm gonna be honest. I'll take. Uh, I really don't like Nashville's, and like, I don't know what it is. That's but fair. I thought, I thought those were like bad, man. And like, uh, again, people are gonna look at this and be like, "Oh, you're one to talk like yours, <laughs> like whatever, like fine." But like, I, I mean, for real, like, I, I thought that was, I don't know, the logo is like kind of weird, and it's just literally like neon yellow, and that's it, which is like the logo on the center. I don't know, I. I didn't think there was very much thought put into those ones particularly. Yeah, there there was a couple that I didn't like. I, I don't know if it's just me, but I'm not a fan of the Oilers like alternate mm. logo. It just doesn't look doesn't yeah. look right to me. So I didn't like the Oilers. Uh the stars was just very bland and like basically just the jerseys they wore like four or five years ago. Uh, and then I also thought, I always just think of this color scheme for Minnesota, it just makes them look like Subway. I just think of Subway every time I see them. So I just don't love that color scheme for them. Love this it. was a little bit more controversial, uh, but I didn't like Tampa Bay's at all. Uh, Greg Wyshynski had it number 32 on his list. And I know some people love it because it's ugly. Like it's one of those jerseys that it's so ugly. It's cool. But to me, it's, it's just ugly. So I didn't like that. That was my least We're favorite. Perfect, um, yeah. And then uh, for Red Wings fans, a little bit of information. The Red Wings do confirm that this is going to be worn for 10 games this season as opposed to two. So that kind of gives you a little inside. Minimum is two, and that's what we wore for the first one. <laughs> so, so I think the Red Wings organization better, likes better, this Yeah, people like them more than that, at least. Um, but let's uh, get into the game preview. But before we get to that, I got to tell you guys about BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. 
Segment two, Locked On Red Wings podcast. We are joined by Jack Bushman of Locked On Blackhawks. We're going to preview this game uh, that's happening tonight in at the United Center. Jack, your Blackhawks team uh, has gone full tank mode. There's no absolutely no denying, it. and I know you won't. I mean, they traded away Alex to rink it, and that for unfortunately, I don't think enough. But we don't have to get into all of the Debrinket stuff. What I want to ask you out of the gate here is because the season's still early and your Blackhawks are one and two. They're one win becoming coming against the uh, San Jose Sharks. And as you put it in the pre the pre show, kicking them while they're down. Um, what is the expectation of the one and two Chicago Blackhawks this season for you? For me, I would say. They're not high. The expectations are not high given, you know, looking at this roster, I think they're going to have a really hard time scoring goals throughout the course of the season. There's just not a whole lot of gifted playmakers up and down the lineup. It's kind of the Patrick Kane show. Uh, We did see some nice depth scoring in that game against San Jose, though. Uh, which which was nice. We didn't see that in the first two games coming against Colorado and Vegas. So my my expectations, or I guess what I'm hoping to see out of this Blackhawks team is uh, under Luke Richardson, his first year as the new head coach, I, I just really want to see a, a good fight out of this Blackhawks team, good energy from start to finish. And I, I feel like Luke Richardson's really done a good job of coming in and bringing a positive message and getting the most out of these guys so far, like even in the season opener against Colorado, it, it was clear. I mean, the Blackhawks didn't have the skill to hang with that team. But one thing that really impressed me was they were down multiple goals in the third period, outshot by a ton. They're getting they're getting their rear ends handed to them. And they came out in that third period and they were still fighting until the end. And they got a goal to make things a little bit interesting late. And, you know, those are kind of the strides that we want to see. We don't expect them to beat the Colorado Avalanche. I don't think anyone had the Hawks penciled in to win that game, but if they can at least show you some signs and show you some flashes of, you know, uh, uh, the the ability to hang in from start to finish. And then more importantly, against teams like San Jose or other teams who are probably going to be in that bottom third of the league, I think that's more so where we're going to learn about the Chicago Blackhawks team, truly where they're going to be at the end of the year. A lot of folks think they're going to be right there in uh, the Connor Bedard watch for the number one overall pick. I expect them to be in there, but personally, I I don't think the Blackhawks are going to be the worst team in the entire league. And maybe in three months, you guys can have a good old laugh at your boy here uh, when the Blackhawks have like 30 points in February. But I I personally don't think they're going to be the worst team in the league. I think they do still have some skill and they have some young players who are stepping onto the scene that are already making a big impact. So I'm hopeful and, you know, high and in, in kind of a bubble um, don't have big expectations, but at the same time, I think that's fair and also a, a decent way to go into this. It's almost like a filler year for the Blackhawks. We saw, you mentioned the Alex DeBrinca trade and everything that they did in the off season. It's really clear that Kyle Davidson gets that this is going to be a long-term process and there's absolutely no rush. And there's even some guys down in their minor league team right now that could probably be up with the Blackhawks, but they want to make sure they're extra season down there in Rockford so that when they do get called up, they can make an impact, not just kind of be guys out there. So yeah, it's just kind of a fill in season for the Blackhawks, but I'm looking to see this team fight hard and at least make things competitive. And, you know, it feels like last season was so miserable that anything's going to be better than that. And through the first three games, I haven't been as miserable as I thought I was going to be. So that's, uh, that's the, as a team that is coming out of a rebuild, that is the bar. 
That right. is the bar. Yeah. We, we're well, with and, you on that. You know, that's really all you can ask for is, is that culture shift, right? Like you can instill that's like a, a thing that I've long believed is like you can instill a Brian just completely went out of yeah. focus there. You're I don't, I, I didn't do anything. I just <laughs> was sitting here. Um, you can instill a winning culture and a winning mindset without winning. Like it's hard, but like it's, it's possible. And, and so I, I think I, again, like as Brian says, as not only a, a team and a franchise, but a city that is just rebuild after rebuild after rebuild after rebuild all at the same time. Like that's definitely something that, that can be done. And look, if, if you instill that culture and then add a little Connor Bedard onto that, like that's a pretty good future of my books. I don't know. So here's the, here's the next big question for you, man. Um, and it's going to be a tough one and it's going to one that's going to pull your heartstrings and one that you're going to have to deal with all year long. Both Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taze are in the last year of their contracts, entering a full-scale rebuild, 33 for Kane, 34 for Taze. Do you see them re-upping with the Blackhawks to finish their career? They're all Both of them are three-time Stanley Cup champions, so they have nothing left to prove. Or, especially with, in Patrick Kane's uh, case, who's still performing well at his age, do you think he is a trade deadline piece to acquire more assets? Yeah, it's the question that everyone seems to be asking, and it's, it's not going to end anytime soon, I'll tell you that. Uh, and there really hasn't been anything newsworthy breaking on this front for like three or four months now. But, you know, given the talent that Patrick Kane is and everything that he and Jonathan Taves have accomplished for the Blackhawks, it makes sense that people are curious as to their futures. But um, they haven't said much. They're really just, you know, doing the old hockey player special, just saying they're happy to be here and just thinking about this season, want to get back on the ice, let that stuff take care of itself when the time comes. So these are all, you know, just hypotheticals still. But if I had to guess, man, like I would assume that they're both gone by the deadline and there's a lot that goes into it. Like it's such a complex situation too, given that they both have no movement clauses you know, they have $10.5 million on the book for this season. The Blackhawks are going to have to retain that and retain at least half and maybe even find a, a third team to get involved to make everything work financially. So there's a lot that goes into just trading those guys. But I think what it comes down to for me, and again, I'm just guessing here. It's not like I'm asking Patrick Kane and getting the answer from him, but <laughs> I would have to believe that the, the fire that burns inside them to go and win again, or at least pursue that opportunity to go in and win again, given that they really haven't come close in seven years now. And oh, it's been that least, long already. I know you guys are probably got a big old grin on your face, um, <laughs> but, but and it's just abundantly clear what Kyle Davidson has instilled here as the general manager I mentioned earlier, it's going to be a long, long haul here. It's going to be a while. And that's just, you know, you mentioned 34, 33 years old for those two guys. It it doesn't fit. I mean, we traded a 25 year old Alex to Those get, those two are are probably not going to fit in the Blackhawks rebuild ideally, but we've also heard, from the Blackhawks organization that they're not going to ask Kane or Taves to waive their no movement clauses. It, it's probably going to have to come from them unless, you know, the t- clock starts ticking and you got to start making a decision there. But I, I just feel like they, they'd want that opportunity to go and win somewhere else. And also from the Blackhawks organization's perspective, like you, you could get, get a, something. yeah, you could get a great return for Patrick Kane, a guy who has showed no signs of slowing down. Like, even though another team might have to take on $5.25 million, you're still looking at 
what, two first round picks potentially, maybe more, maybe a pick and a prospect or something along those lines. And Taves is a little more confusing as to what his return could be because there's just so much up in the air about, you know, his health and what kind of player he's even going to look like this year. Thus far, he's looked really sharp and the best I've seen him in quite a while, but, you know, still very early. But it just feels like the Blackhawks would want to get something for those guys. And as cool as it would be to have them be Blackhawks for life, I would love that. It, it just feels like that's going to be the harder route. And also it's kind of a gamble for the Blackhawks too, to keep them around and keep paying them money. So as much as it pains me, my, my heart's telling me that it, it seems more likely than not that both guys are going to be gone at the deadline. But again, anything could happen. We, we really haven't heard anything at all from Kane or Taves themselves. So uh, that, that's probably going to be the case until we get till January or February. And these conversations really, really start ramping up. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be really tough because and it's just when I think Chicago Blackhawks, I think of Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taze. They be they were the faces, they were the identity of the Chicago Blackhawks. So the thought that they could be traded away is you're lo- the team's losing its identity. I mean, also a captain and an alternate captain at that. I mean, literally losing its identity of its championship teams and in- incredibly valuable veteran presences. But looking at where the rebuild's at, and what value those guys have, I mean, I think it makes logical sense, even if the heart, you know, is, is saying something else. Um, we're going we're gonna to transition here, though, and start talking about the preview when we come back. Because uh, we, we have to talk about the game, man. We got games here and now that are going to be happening, and we got to figure out who's going to be the winner. Because we, as we all know, whoever wins this argument wins the game in real life. That's how that works. So that's coming up next Always. on Red Wings. Segment three, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Uh, Jack Bushman of Lockdown Blackhawks is joining us. And so, yeah, the Red Wings are playing the Chicago Blackhawks for the first time of two times today. Old, or not today, this year, rather. Uh, This is a rivalry that goes back nearly a century now, as old as the league is, because these two teams are part of the original six. And, you know, it might not be as fervent as it once was when they were both in the Western Conference in the same division. But when they go at it, it's still a heated contest. And, you know, obviously, based on where these teams are at in, the, in, in their rebuilds, Blackhawks going into one and the Red Wings trying to start to climb out of one, one would think that the Blackhawks or the Red Wings would win this game and hopefully handily. And Scotty and I talk about that, like good teams beat good teams and good teams beat bad teams really, really, like really, really well. And so it's kind of a litmus test for the Red Wings in the sense that Will they put out a huge performance against the Chicago Blackhawks team, which admittedly doesn't have a whole lot, at least from what I can tell. But if the Blackhawks, Jack, were to put up a fight, who are you looking for in this game to provide that fight and provide that spark? Yeah, a big part of the Blackhawks' success offensively thus far and uh, a big part of the the victory they had on Saturday night against San Jose was the Jonathan Taves line, the second line of he, Tyler Johnson, and Taylor Radish. All three of those guys, I really feel like, have something to prove this year for all different reasons. Tyler Johnson's just coming off neck surgery. He's actually the second player after Jack Eichel to undergo uh, that disc surgery that was so controversial for the Buffalo Sabres. The Blackhawks gave Tyler Johnson the two thumbs up and told him, yeah, like, go get it. Uh, it was really funny how those two situations were handled so differently. But um, Taves, too. Yeah, funny. Um, <laughs> in Taves, we talked early about how 
he, he has a lot to prove just to kind of show that he's still got it and still capable of, you know, being the dominant force that he once was. Uh, those three guys have looked really sharp together so far this year. I've been really impressed with what I've seen. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Blackhawks, uh, if they're in this game tonight, I guess, since that's when the listeners are going to be hearing this. Uh, if, if the Blackhawks are in this game, it's probably due to the second line, I, I think, putting up some offense. We'd, I'd like to see Patrick Kane's line, that top line of he, Andreas Athanasiu, and Max Domi get oh something. Oh, my God. Hey, yeah, hey, I, I got to bet him anytime goal scorer. It makes too much sense. It does, Top line hey, 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 the revenge game. $3 yeah. million. Dollars. Look at him. Get secured Listen, the bag. I'm, That's just uh, crazy I, to me. <laughs> I was excited for Athanasiu to come on. Uh, and he's been given a, a massive opportunity here. I mean, on the same line as Patrick Kane, a really good opportunity for him to kind of, you know, get, get his stuff back together after a, a tough year with the Kings last season where he battled injury and was just never in the lineup consistently. Uh, he just, man, I don't know what it is about him. And I feel like this is a struggle I'm going to have throughout the entire year because this is what everyone says about him, but he gets those chances. He'll get his oh, yeah. luck. It's just, it's just the finished product. It, it just feels like a struggle. And he also doesn't feel like a very good playmaker. Like he feels like a shoot first guy a lot and doesn't really do much to like benefit his line mates. Have you watched so I would yet? really like to see more <laughs> of him in that line tomorrow. Does that sound familiar boys? Yeah. yeah I was, uh, was going to ask if you've, if you've uh, watched closely to his defense yet. Oh no, well, we haven't gotten that far yet, but uh, I'm sure throughout the year. Might not want to, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So let's on our fourth line, by the way. So and Dominic Kubalik's uh, Dominic Kubalik's first line right now. I saw yeah, Kubalik's Kubalik's the first line. Dude, minutes, so yeah, true. We are in Pertuzzi love with Dominic Kubalik. Uh, we are in love with him. He yeah. just that, that shot, man. How can you not love it? Every time he gets a ripper, it's so good. And like the Red Wings and playing on a line with Raymond and Larkin, who are two good playmakers, especially Raymond, where they can just feed him pucks. I mean, he's not, he's playing point on the power play. He's just his big problem right now is handling the passes. But when that when that shot comes to him and he unleashes that cannon, it's like money, dude. When he for let the, scored that first goal in the preseason from the point, I was like, oh, oh my. Yeah. <laughs> there there aren't many guys in the league that can shoot the puck like Dominic Kubelik can. And, dude, it's it's so frustrating because I feel like Detroit, like that's a really good situation for or opportunity for Dominic Kubelik to be in, a spot where he's there to score goals and to shoot the puck. And, like, for the Blackhawks, too, I, I always screamed they needed to use Dominic Kubelik for this one time around the power play, but that was always Patrick Kane's spot on the man advantage. So like Kubelik would tend to be on the second power play unit and would get like 30 seconds there. And yeah. it just never worked out, but you got to play him in those situations, man. Uh, he's a gifted goal scorer. That that's his bread and butter. Uh, it, it's funny though. You, you said he has some trouble handling passes. If I had a nickel, for every time last year that Dominic Kubelik either flubbed a pass or flubbed a shot, I wouldn't be doing this podcast anymore. I'd be living somewhere down south on a beach. I mean, you're going to see a lot of Dominic Kubelik flubbing it, but you got to just understand that's what's going to happen. He's going to reward you with some beauties, though, if you play him in, in those prime opportunities. So glad to hear that at least the Red Wings are you know, utilizing Dominic Kubelik to his strengths. He Dude. does have his flaws, but his strengths are – very ob obvious and very put good. him on first power play every time. I don't care. Just put him out there. <laughs> Give feed him. Got to. Him and Peron, yep. man. 
they line up like he, Kubalik lines up with exactly what we needed. We we had so many frustrating episodes last year where we were like, they nobody shot the puck. Like we'd have opportunities, we'd have looks, like we'd be on the power play. Our our special teams was terrible last year, obviously, and like like nobody will shoot. Like we're just screaming at the TV, like somebody shoot the puck, and now we have this dude Kubalik comes, comes in and goes. In he he might not score for three games straight, but he's leading the team in shots every single night, and it is beautiful. And what well, is funny? He is a he is really a godsend. Like he is exactly what this team needed. Somebody to just be like, all right, screw it. I'm just gonna rip, and, and just one of these are gonna eventually find the back of the net, and that's what he does, man. I love it. And you know what's funny is uh, I remember when the Red Wings picked him up and Jay Fresh put out his like stat card out on Twitter, and it was like I don't. He was like I don't know how he does it, but he's like such a gifted goal scorer. He's like nothing else. But man, does he score like he, he he was so enamored with the idea that he scores as much as he does, given the fact that he doesn't provide like anything else. I don't mean that as a slight, but like you said, Jack, he is one thing that he's very good at and it's really exciting. But he did have a goal the other night against um, the Devils, Scotty. Yeah. That was a nice little, uh, you know, hands play. He got the feed from Lucas Raymond, went forward and backhand right over the uh over Venichek's shoulder because Venichek is not a very good goaltender. Really but. nice pass too. Yeah, he, really he nice set pass. up. Uh, he set up Perron really nice. After too, he really flubbed nice. it the first time, he yes, had to recover correct, it. Yeah. He flubbed he it, recovered, and then had a dime of a pass right into the, into the slot. Yeah, it was a beauty. Um, let's let's talk about because you also have a former Detroit Red Wing in your goaltending in Peter Mrazek, and uh, you also have Stalick as well. And so the question is, is which goal you think is going in this game? Because my heart wants it to be Mrazek, but I've got a gut feeling. Considering that uh, Mrazek's played two games, you're probably going to go with Stalic for this game? I, I honestly think it's going to be Mrazek in the home opener. Both goalies, though, I did not expect the Blackhawks' goaltending position to be like the strong point of the team right now coming <laughs> into the year. But both Mrazek and Stalock, like Stalock has only one game so far, but in the preseason, he looked really sharp too. But I, I personally think it's going to be Peter Mrazek. And man, he's looked really good in that game against San Jose. Uh, wasn't tested as often as he was against Colorado, but st- stood his net really well and made all the saves that he needed to. The two goals that he allowed really were just defensive errors by the Blackhawks, and there was nothing he could do about it. And in that season opener against Colorado, the Blackhawks could have been down 8 nothing. Like Every time Kale McCarr and Nathan McKinnon were on the ice, they literally had no answers. It, it was rough, but Peter Mrazek, I mean, I can't say enough good things about the guy for the effort that he gave in that game. Uh, just to keep it close. So, yeah, he's actually looked really good, and that's kind of one thing that that some folks have worried about the Blackhawks' tank is, well, what if Peter Mrazek kind of has a bounce-back year and he's stealing some games here for the Blackhawks? And, you know, it's a small sample size. He's only got two starts thus far, but he's looked really darn good. So I think, be, I think he's going to be in there tomorrow night at, for the home opener. Wait wait till the cold stretch. Yeah, <laughs> he'll, the cold he'll, stretch. he'll go on a heater, man. He will. Like, he – He'll be on his head for a while, and you'll be like, this dude might be the goaltender of the future in his mid-20s. And then, Boy, no. Where's that extension? So, just wait. Just wait <laughs> yeah, for it. But yeah, that's it, cool to hear, though, for real. That's um, that's cool that he uh, – I'm glad that he keeps finding work. Like, he – for as controversial, I guess I'll say, as his uh, time was here and just about, like, everybody had a different everybody opinion on him. But yeah, I'm, I'm, glad that he, uh, I'm glad that he's still finding work and finding playing time. And it would be really cool if, like, home opener, Chicago, like, going to get – I don't know. That would be cool. His biggest problem it's – been a, it's been several years since he was the, with the Detroit Red Wings. But his yeah. biggest problem um, when he was with Detroit is overplaying pucks. Like, he would get himself out of position by 
just laddering, lateraling too far, coming too far out of the net and leaving the other side wide open. I remember that being the biggest issue with him all the time and why he just could never find any consistency. But I mean, it's been, I mean, he's been with Carolina, he's been with Philadelphia, he's been with Toronto since. So now Chicago, obviously. So, I mean, he could be a different player, but I just know, I mean, there's a reason why he's bouncing around the league and it's probably because he still has those same flaws. <laughs> yeah, he, he's really aggressive around the net too. Yes. Both Blackhawks goaltenders are. It's like a, it's it's uh, not great for the heart how much they love to skate out of the net to go and play the puck. But who who are we going to see for Detroit tonight? And I also wanted to ask about this goaltender position because they go out and they get Billy Huso along. Uh, obviously, separate moves, but they give Huso and David Perron from the St. Louis Blues here. W- what's kind of the feel about? Detroit Red Wings in that like I, I I'm kind of an outsider here but from afar Alex Nedeljkovic didn't look to be it last year uh what are just kind of the thoughts on the Red Wings goaltender situation well Scotty yeah. I, I want you to answer this but first I want to I want to point out that the St. Louis Blues the playoff team St. Louis Blues decided the best thing for their organization was to let David Perron and Vili Husso walk and bring in 38 year old Thomas Grice and re-up Nick Letty I don't know what the uh, the mindset behind that was because you're trying to get better and contend, and you you take the leftovers from the Red Wings. So I thought that was really funny. Um, sorry, Scotty, I just had to point that out. Go ahead, buddy. <laughs> no, you're fine, man. Um, yeah, no, I mean, Huso's looked really good to start off the year. He was the uh, he was the season opener. Was what they they went Billy. So like that's I, I think somewhat telling. But Ned, you know, I, I think. From an outsider perspective, I would completely understand like looking at Ned and being like, yeah, like, you know, that, that probably wasn't like the best thing in the world just because of how many, especially in the second half of last season, it seemed like we were giving up five plus a night. But I think that a large majority of that had to do with the fact that th- that was like one of the worst defensive units I've ever laid my eyes on. Like it was, it was Moritz Sider and then like that was it. I, I mean, it was, a, it was an absolute train wreck at the blue line the, the entire season. And it just came all collapsing and like caught up with us. We were running away from our problems for the first half of the year. And we were like, oh, like, look at us. We're kind of like hanging around a little bit. And then they caught up to us and, and reality hit us in the face. We're like, all right, this, this blue line is, is just abysmal. And so I think this year is a really big like prove it year for Ned in the sense that it, it still does not appear to be like the best defense that we've ever seen. But it's certainly an improvement over last year just because it's like it's pretty much impossible to not be. So I think a lot of people are really interested in the production that he's going to get. And, and I think as it stands right now, I, I think the game plan is probably close to a 50-50 split still. Like I, I still think, I mean, that's a dude that that was in, you know, colder, outside of colder uh, conversations when he was with Carolina. So I, I think that that there's a lot of uh, there's still a lot of expectations there, and and I think even if it's a, more of a you know fifty five forty five maybe split, but I, I I think that most people are expecting at least early on until proven otherwise, kind of a a fifty fifty ish split between the two of them. So so we'll see. Um, you know he he's he he still lets in some cheapies, but uh, as a whole, I mean he, the other night, literally the definition of like a Ned game, like he let in a, a really bad cheap goal, but then his whole body of work was actually pretty decent. So we'll see going forward. Yeah, I think uh, it's going to be pretty much a 50-50 split until they figure out which one's the better goaltender. So I think probably Nadalkovich starts this game because Vili Huso started in the uh, OT loss to the Kings. Um, and yeah, he didn't look great. Like we're not going to, 
we're not going to sit here and say that Nadelkovic was, you know, take all the responsibility off his shoulders. It's a team game, right? So it's a team effort. And there were stretches last year where he looked rough. Um, and that was apparent. But you also got to keep in mind, like Scotty was saying, they give up a lot of shots every night. And while you were talking, Scotty, I looked it up. And last season, they were fifth in the league in shots against per game at 33.7. So on average, they gave up over 30 shots every single game. That's a tough situation for a goaltender to be in and still perform well, especially behind, like Scotty said, just more at Cider. So this year, we're definitely expecting more out of Nadelkovic, and we're expecting it to be a competitive tandem. And I mean, we think, we, Scotty and I are in agreement that it's going to be an incredible tandem because those are two guys who both want to earn a payday, guys who want to be the starting goaltender. So we think they're going to push each other. And if not, then hey, you'll roll with whatever one's better. And if neither of them work out, you know what? You got a 15th overall pick in Sebastian Costa sitting down there in the eight. Well, they sent him down to the ECHL today, but AHL, ECHL, because they like to, they've been moving him back and forth every day for like the last week. I don't know what's going on with him. I think they're just trying to give him as many games as possible. He's still um, years away, though. He's still years away, though, which is why we have these guys here in the meantime. So I'm not super concerned about Nadelkovic yet, um, but I do think that they, them acquiring Villahuso through trade does uh, signal that Steve Eisman maybe thinks that they might have to have a backup plan if Nadelkovic doesn't play well. I also wanted to ask you guys, you know, given that the Red Wings have gotten off to this 2-0-1 start, and you had mentioned earlier, this is kind of a different feel to this year for the first time in a while, and you're really hoping to kind of see some progress, some true progress finally be made. Uh, what, what have you seen that you've liked out of this Red Wings team so far? What's kind of helped lead you guys to your first two victories, and what do you kind of think they need to do in order to come out of the United Center with another win tomorrow or tonight? Sorry. I mean, like, like I said, like the defense is still a work in progress pretty clearly. And I think that that's still where a lot of the long-term uh, moves need to be made and, and where there's still a lot of question marks surrounding like the long-term status of like as we exit this rebuild, hopefully. I think that that's where a lot of people kind of are, are circling sheets uh, around the blue line. But I, it's very noticeable that this – forward core is the best we've had in in years i mean it's it's not even particularly close this is the best forward group we've had in a very long time and i i think you know bert getting hurt obviously sucks like right at the beginning of the season whatever one two games in like going down he's out four to six so that gives adina some more playing time the ever so controversial you know so that that'll certainly be something to keep an eye out for but yeah the, it, there's it, it's just it's so apparent that when you raise the bar of like expectations for, hey, we're going to compare ourselves to like other good hockey teams versus like, oh, we're going to compare us to the Detroit Red Wings from like last season or whatever. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's just such a big difference between those two things. And I think we're finally starting to bring in like Cop has been great defensively, has a couple of nice assists. Uh, and then like Perron has just been, has just been unbelievable on both sides of the puck as well. Like we, we already went on and, and talked about Kubelik and everything like that. The, the additions that they have made to the forward core, it's, it's actually like somewhat deep and it's not just filled with bodies. Like it's actually, you know, there's dudes in grand Rapids right now that some people want to be in the NHL. And that's not a conversation we've had in a very long time. So I think that's like the very clear, we had the most, our, our first period of the season was the most shots the Red Wings have had in a season in like a decade. Like it was a 25 shot first period to start off the year. Like it's just, it's very apparent that this offense is like actually a competent 
legitimate NHL offense and is not just, okay, well, we're better than last year's, you know, terrible Red Wings team. Like this is an actual legitimate offense. And yeah, I think the question marks still just lie on defense. No, absolutely, man. It's uh, But even like the defensive acquisitions that the Red Wings have made have had a positive impact. I mean, Ben Sherratt was a big question mark, yeah. you know, analytically wise, he's not that impressive. But I mean, honestly, the intangibles that he's brought, people like to throw that word around, but his physicality, his ability to draw penalties, and I know that's a give and take. I know there's going to be times where he takes stupid penalties and I'm going to want to bash my head against the wall. But I mean, he's gone out there and he's punished the opponent. And Olimata, even though he was brought in to be a defensive defenseman, has provided four points in three games for the Detroit Red Wings, one of which being an empty net goal. But, you know, regardless, that's four points in three games out of a guy who you thought would be a defensive defensive safety net for Phil Peronik on the second pair. And he's been the best out of the two of them. So, I mean, when you're looking at what the Red Wings need to do to, to steal a win, I mean, you're going to need guys like Philip Zadina and Dominic Kubalik to definitely step up to play top six roles on this team. Uh, you want your Redwood line of Soderblom, who's been fantastic, by the way, uh, Sundquist and Rasmussen to keep being a solid line three. But, I mean, offensively, they don't really have to do much more than they already did. I mean, in an overtime loss without two of their best forwards against a playoff caliber team, they scored four goals. It's just OT, yeah. in OT. So I think their offense has good depth. It's just really going to come down to, can they play a good enough defensive game to, to really lock it down? Cause you can't go into any arena regardless of where the team's at in the rebuild and discount them. Cause it's hockey. I mean, any given night, right? That this sport more so than any sport. I feel like when you say any given night, you mean any given night. It's a beautiful thing about hockey. And very frustrating too. <laughs> when you're on the lose, when you're on the other side, like when the Arizona Coyotes pump you for like 11 goals when they're the worst team in the league, like last year. So that was fun. Oh man! Um, but we got to wrap it up here, Jack. Do you have any final thoughts, man? You wanna you wanna throw out there where people can find you, yeah, stuff like that. Um. Yeah, definitely. I also wanted to say, you guys want to throw out a quick prediction before we get out of here? Quick oh, yeah, I would love nothing more than that. Jack, let me tell you, I would love nothing more than the Toronto prediction. Listen give me you. just like, give me, I, I want to see a throttle. That's what, and like, I'm going to look ridiculous on Monday's show when we lose two to one, but like, I give me, give me like a, and, and if we do lose two to one, I'm taking credit. Give me a, a like, I don't know. Give me a four to two. Give me a four to two with, uh, with an empty netter. Win for uh, the Red what? Wings. Sorry. I, I'm going to go bigger. I'm going to go bigger than that. I'm going to say it's a... Wow. Got to take the hat off for this. That's how big yeah, this, this We just is. got really serious. We got Bring ball out right now. You, yeah. you know what? Should the, is the shirt coming off too? Is that how serious? No, no. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Love of everything. Please, no. Family show. Uh, I'll say 6-2. Six, I, six, uh, I think they pump them. Love it. Hey, Sorry, I mean, Jack. <laughs> they did that early last season. Lucas Raymond had a hat trick early on, I Great. recall. My All first episode, well. by the way, as host. That was Brian's first really? episode was the Raven Hatchet game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is what the anniversary is coming up actually real quickly here. Wow. Well, congratulations <laughs> early to your one, one year anniversary. Yeah, Brian, nice, dude. That's uh, the point of that was. Keep going. <laughs> I think Ignore this me. has I think this has the potential to be an offensive game as well, which probably doesn't favor the Blackhawks. I'm gonna be maybe a Debbie Downer. I'm going five three Detroit. I'd love to see the Blackhawks come away with a win, but at the same time, do I want them to win? I don't know. I'm gonna be conflicted throughout the way. I'm going five three Detroit. Blackhawks are gonna drop their home opener. It's okay though. Hindsight, it's good to lose Blackhawks fans. Don't get mad at me. 
Hey, well, hey, yeah. When when in July, when Bedard's name has a has a Blackhawks logo next to it, it'll all be worth it, baby. When I'm in well, Nashville having a great old time, it'll all be worth it for the NHL draft, baby. Let's right. just remember though that since all three of us picked the Detroit Red Wings to win, that means the Chicago Blackhawks, of course, are going to win this game because that's how so these things tend Correct. to work. Correct. It's yeah. A, yeah. <laughs> I don't know about win-win, Jack, but it's it's, <laughs> it's something. <laughs> maybe for you either your predictions right or your team wins <laughs> that's how we like it um yeah so thanks for doing the crossover you you uh you reached out to us so really we should be thanking you for inviting us to do the crossover we appreciate it it was very nice talking to you for the first time always. um it was fun it was how about them cubbies fun. no I'm fine. <laughs> that's a whole nother four and five thanks for hobby bias by the way man he's been great don't you, Jack? Don't, you love, don't you love watching hobby bias swing at sliders in the dirt all year long it'll never it'll never change lead the, he led the league in errors and swung at the most sliders in all of baseball he'll do that he will yeah. do that oh no yeah he will yeah for four more years than locked on tigers <laughs> that is that is that is me yes bring you know bring jack on you guys can talk cubbies oh, there for... you go yeah we'll bring on locked on blackhawks host jack bushman to <laughs> locked on tigers i love it they yeah go. but you know they love it when we do that cross promotion man that's that's like <laughs> the it. kind of cross promotion hockey chicago detroit Those tigers baseball. and blackhawks fans out there they're gonna be <laughs> super pumped yeah. all six of them <laughs> both those teams are so interesting right now oh my yeah. god can you oh, imagine yeah. if you were a fan of both those teams right now you oh somebody <laughs> in one of our comment sections is gonna be like that's me like, nice <laughs> nice <laughs> anyways we have got to put an end to this so uh we'll be back on monday we'll be recapping this game as well as the sunday game against anaheim uh jack will be recapping this game and whatever games the chicago blackhawks play this weekend if they play do they play play on sunday one o'clock against seattle there you go. He'll be re- nice. recapping those go. games for you guys over at Shit Come out of the weekend Blackhawks. with a dub. <laughs> you could. <laughs> I hope. I mean, I hope. Yeah, you could. Kind of. I don't know. I'm conflicted. I don't know if I want to win or not. That's the weird yeah. part about this entire season. Yeah. I don't know. It, we've been there. It's it's that's yeah. that was our whole mentality last season. It's like they lost. It sucks, but also we spin the tankathon wheel. So <laughs> that thing always... never treated you guys right, though. That old wheel never treated you guys right. We, uh, we would always end every episode on the wheel and we would spin it until we got number one overall. And one time we <laughs> 50 spins. Yeah, correct. Oh, that's great. Uh, okay, so same time, same place. It's your guys' teams, whichever. Every day. Every day.